Welcome back to Han Talks First. This is episode 140, and we're so glad that you could join us today for this episode of Star Wars, the dark side of Star Wars, talking about how the future of Disney and Lucasfilm is wanting to implement more of the dark side of the Force. And I'm not alone today. I'm joined by a surprise guest by my girlfriend, Chris. And obviously, we're not in my studio, so it's going to be a little bit difficult today because we're doing this remote but and we only have one microphone so we're just gonna have to switch back and forth so and i know it doesn't look as pretty as it usually does so sorry about that but we got a lot of great things to talk about today and uh some stuff about star wars visions some stuff about rogue squadron patty jenkins the director has made some more comments on that some more news about the book of boba fett and the tone it will have and of course stuff about the older public video game and a new book coming soon called secrets of the sith all of this and more i do want to mention that uh, we did not have an episode of the bad batch reviews this week because i thought it was just a terrible episode (laughs) and nothing happened literally nothing happened in this episode that was worth talking about making a video some of you might feel differently but to me it just really wasn't worth my time to make a video. But really quickly, I will just say, I still like this show. I'm still looking forward to the next episode. But this was definitely a filler. And it really just wasn't worth making a video about. I watched some other people's uh, videos about the episode, I think it's 11 review. And they were the shortest videos I've seen about the show so far. So if you liked it, let us know your thoughts down below. But uh, we'll be sure to hopefully have that back next week if next week's episode is a little bit better than the week before and uh, of course me and chris host the loki after show every week so if you're a fan of loki too we discuss marvel and we'll be having that uh this week as well which it's almost over two episodes right two more episodes so i don't know this show is amazing so if you're interested in watching that too feel free to stop by it's getting really good. And also, uh, really quickly, if you want to support this channel, you know, we do have a tipping option. You can go to streamelements.com slash Hontalks first slash tip. You can submit questions. You can donate and support this show. And we really appreciate it. Those are in the links below, both on the YouTube and on the podcast forum. So thank you so much. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, we, as we do every Monday, we start off with our first segment of the show, which is called Star Wars Replay. Here it is. Enjoy. Star Wars Replay is where we replay major moments and events that happened this week in Star Wars history. And this week, back in 1977, Bradford Young, the director of photography for Solo, A Star Wars Story, is born. In 2015, Marvel Comics' Lando issue number one was published. All the way back in 1955, Jimmy Smith's, who plays Bail Organa in the prequel movies, was born. Back in 1972 of this week, Peter Serafinowicz was born 
Who is that, you might ask? Well, that is the voice actor for Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace. And finally, in 1999, Star Wars Episode One: Qui-Gon Jinn, the one-shot comic, was published. That's it for Star Wars Replay. Tune in next week to find out what major moments and events happened next week in Star Wars history. So a lot of great stuff happened this week in Star Wars history. I, one thing that wasn't on there that I will point out was yesterday was the anniversary of the Return of the Jedi hitting number one in the U.S. box office and worldwide. So the most popular movie of its time and making a crap load of money. So let's jump into our first our first bit of news here, the news part of the show. And we're talking about Patty Jenkins, uh, the director of Rogue Squadron. She came out and had some more things to say about the movie. So I'm going to let Chris read her quotes here. And here's what she had to say. All right, said, I'm in love with all three projects on my plate right now. I'm definitely doing Rogue Squadron next, and I'm excited to do Wonder Woman 3. The Michael Stackpole books and the video games and all the Rogue Squadron books, there's an incredible history that's really important to honor. And yet, it must be brought to a new age because we have to tell a new story with it. And so you're trying to blend the rest of the best of everything and make it the great make it the great fighter pilot movie, which I've always wanted to make as well. It's a big brew of things that you're trying to put together and still try to keep a simple story. You're trying to bring the best of yourself and use it to make something beautiful that honors the legacy before you. Of course, it's a huge amount of pressure and Wonder Woman has a huge amount of pressure as well. So it's not a totally new feeling to me. Definitely nerve wracking. So I think what we can take from this is that one, she's excited. One, she's passionate, which we already knew. You know, the story, as she said before, is going to be uh, loosely based on her father's experience being a dogfighter in the U.S. Uh, Air Force. And so she has a strong connection to the story. She also mentioned that, you know, she's taking inspiration from the novels, from the video games. And she knew the name of the creator of the video game. So that tells me that she's like, actually has researched it herself. Maybe she even played it at some point, which is exciting. And of course, she also said it's her next project that she's working on. So Wonder Woman, Cleopatra. I think she has one other movie she's worked. No, she said three projects. Yeah. So those are her three. And um, it's it's encouraging to see that Star Wars won that bid. And that's the next project that she's doing, which is good, I think, both for Star Wars fans and also for fans of Wonder Woman, because, you know, it's similar to like Christopher Nolan when he was making the Dark Knight trilogy and he he didn't do all three at once. He would do a movie and then he'd do another movie so he could like have a break and then come back and revisit the Batman character from a fresh perspective each time. So I think this is good for her because it gives her a break from Wonder Woman. So when Wonder Woman three comes out, it's going to be fantastic. And also she is going into new territory with star Wars. So it'll be, I don't know. I think it's good for her creativity to have different projects going on uh, each time she goes to direct a new thing. So what were your thoughts on these comments? I think that it's going to be really good for her to have something in between Wonder Woman's because like, she did do Wonder Woman 1 in 84. That sounds really weird to say back to back. Um, but like Wonder Woman 1 and 2 back to back, which kind of made it like a little have of a mixed reaction from the public, at least to say. I think that having something completely new in between is definitely going to bring her a bit more like insight and life into her work. And then she can come back and wow us again with each one because all those three projects are completely different. Because, sure, Wonder Woman is also in action. And, I mean, Rogue Squadron is most definitely going to have a lot of action in it. But Cleopatra is going to be much more of, like, a political, like, drama. Like, more cinematic in terms of, like, 
I don't know, like, I don't know how to word it. Like, it's not going to be action-packed or this kind of spectacle is different. It's just a very different kind of movie. It's more like a historical drama. Yeah. So it's going to be a completely different experience each time. And so she's basically just expanding her range and, and showing us what she can do. And then coming back, she can apply what she's learned too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, sorry if you guys can hear that in the background. There's there's puppies here and they're playing right now. And it's very loud very and annoying. Nice. So one second. Hey. Hey. Cut it out. Shh. Be quiet. Okay, hopefully they will calm down now. So that's it for the Patty Jenkins news. Let us know your thoughts in the comments down below. And it's all very exciting. Can't wait for Rogue Squadron. It's going to be great. The next bit of news here comes about the book of Boba Fett. So the stunt guy for Boba Fett came out and made some thoughts. His name is Brendan Wayne. Brendan Wayne, fun fact, is actually the grandson of John Wayne, the famous Western um, uh, actor. And now there's another dog barking. Very stressful. Sorry, guys. I, <laughs> I hate having distractions, but we'll try and make it through. So we know that the show is going on and it's going to provide more details into the life of the book of Boba Fett or, or into Boba Fett himself. And but so what should we expect in the in its tone? I would think we should expect a different tone from the Mandalorian because it's a different character. So here is what Brendan Wayne had to say. And I'll let Chris read the quote here. I think that's what we as an audience, I think, are going to get from the Book of Boba Fett. A lot of more of that kind of feel. He gets even grittier than Mando did. I feel like he doesn't have a choice because he really was a different kind of character. So I take from this that, you know, we're going to showcase the true nature of this iconic bounty hunter. And particularly the idea of him being all killer, no filler. And what's most important about Boba Fett to me is that he is a bad guy he was always a bad guy and i kind of hope that this show brings that essence of him back to life because in the mandalorian he was kind of seen as an ally to mando but him fennec shand as we've seen from the bad batch show they're bad guys fennec shand is more of a, a good good bounty hunter than bad uh, we saw her protection of uh, omega omega and so she has good good tendencies in her and good character um but boba fett is a little darker than she is so it'd be interesting to see their dynamic too going forward so what about you uh, what are your thoughts on boba fett like this new show and i don't know the comments that brendan has made and anything about what you would want to see so the vibes that like boba gave me in mando is kind of like oh yeah i used to be do this for money and kind of like be just do the job no matter what it is kind of thing like very brutal and just direct to the point very blunt so i feel with uh his appearance in mando he was very much like yeah that, i used to do that for work i'm kind of just chilling right now i'm really just tired of everything like tired old retired man kind of thing at the same time i do feel like at the end with like the end credit scene it shows that he still has that essence of like wanting that power and maybe this is him is going to show him going back to like, hey, I want to do something and I won't let anyone stand in my way. I'm going to like pop a cap in your ass and <laughs> going to take the sea and just going to rule this little town. I don't know. Who knows? I do think it's going to be very much that vibe and just go back into action. Even if like, I feel like all he knows is to like wherever, follow the money, no matter like how corrupt it might be. So like maybe that is still ingrained into him. Or maybe he's going to be more of a great character now since he did have like protective tendencies 
to a degree in Mando. Yeah, I think I think, you know, we're going to get hopefully, especially since Dave Filoni is also leading the charge on this movie or the show, too, is that we'll get to see that continued story of him from the Clone Wars animated series, especially the his the period of time when he was in such a vengeful mode towards Mace Windu and all the Jedi. And maybe that'll play a part in this too. Cause we do know that uh, there will be flashbacks in the show to Mary Morrison has said himself. And we will also get some moments of him from the empire strikes back period. So it'll be exciting to see. I want to know what you guys think of the show. Are you excited for it? What do you think of the new comments made by the stunt guy? And how cool is it that it's the grandson of John Wayne? So the next bit of news here. Obviously, Star Wars Visions, the special look, came out. I did a review slash reaction video on YouTube. You can check that out if you want more details. We're going to give you general thoughts on what we saw. We're going to put up some pictures of what to expect and read you some of the uh, quotes from the people that are creating the show because they were also interviewed and it was some stuff that wasn't shared in the special look itself. So first of all, Visions, we all know, is going to be the first Star Wars anime. Technically, second if you're not considering the guy who did uh, the Samurai Jack stuff. But um, since that was like kind of a limited thing, um, but it was still like Americanized. But now we're getting like full Japanese studio animation studios and it'll be seven different studios, seven studios, nine episodes and anthology series. And one of the big questions I've been seeing from people is, will the show be canon? So one of the things uh, in the development period of this series lucasfilm had made the decision to let the creators tell the stories that they wanted to tell whether they featured established or original characters without the need to tie into a larger chrono uh, chronologically and they did this so that they could be as authentic to the studios and to the creators as possible and one thing that they gave these creators freedom to do was to use not only make brand new characters but they could use whatever legacy characters they wanted to so I think we will see Luke. We will see maybe Han, Leia, definitely Boba Fett, as you guys saw in the in the teaser there. We, we will see him. A younger version is what people suspect. Oh, R2 is featured in one of the photos as well on top of the X-Wing there. And so, I don't know, I think this is good news. What I'm most looking forward to, and then I will put it over to Chris because she probably has a lot more <laughs> insight to say on this than I do since she is a anime junkie so i'm most looking forward to this episode titled the twins and the elder as i said in my reaction video which again you guys can see the link is down below and uh an episode called tatooine rhapsody and that's one i didn't mention in my video and it's because in the in the special look they said that this was going to be kind of a rock opera about a band trying to make it big in the galaxy and i thought that was metaphorical I was like, oh, they're just playing off space opera, but they're making it rock opera, like meatloaf and stuff like that. But then I read the article on StarWars.com and found out that it is actually literally about a band trying to make it in the galaxy. And come on, that sounds freaking amazing. And it centers around a guitar player, which I am a guitar player. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I think Tatooine Rhapsody is going to be one of my favorites. But currently the Twins and the Elder by Studio... Um, trigger are the ones I'm most looking forward to. And 
before I hand it over to you, I put on my Twitter a poll about which of these episodes in Star Wars Visions are you most hyped for? And the options were the twins, the elder, the ninth Jedi, and Tatooine Rhapsody. <laughs> Tatooine, I misspelled it. And the best or the top answer is the twins episode with 55.6% on my Twitter poll. That poll is still active. So if you want to vote, you can head on over to Han Talks first and submit your option there. But it looks like people are really excited for the twins episode. And obviously the artwork we got for it looks amazing. And this episode also ties in with the main topic of today, which is about Star Wars taking a heavier focus on dark side material, which we'll explain later. But I will hand it over to Chris so she can share her thoughts on vision since we haven't heard any yet. And we'll see what she has to say. So go ahead. Oh, my God. Where do I start? <laughs> I'm so excited for visions. I I know that like Han, when like everything was announced, he's like, yeah, I mean, that sounds OK. And I'm just like, oh, my God, we're getting Animatrix with Star Wars. But like also with like actual huge studios, like I mean, we have people who worked on Jojo. We have people who worked on Devilman Crybaby. Of course, Studio Trigger. I mean, Promare, like Little Witch Academia, uh, Gurren Lagan, Kill a Kill, Darling in the Franks. Like, I'm so happy to see, like, especially visually. Of course, the twins is speaking to me. I mean, we have Leo Fotia and his twin. I think that they specify like they were always twins of the dark side. I do think there's like a struggle at least with like the guy twin because the other one is almost completely masked. And I think like the one that's conflicted is the because he's also presented in blue and they're dueling. So I think there's going to be some sort of like internal sibling fight. Well, yeah, the article said that it was about the brother trying to save his mm -hmm. sister, but they were both born at yeah. the dark side. So he kind of like gets out of it. Like, I just think it's going to be a really interesting story, especially because most places it's like in Star Wars, it's a light character being tempted by the dark. But in this one, it's kind of more like almost like the Finn story, but done like done right by him but like sadly it's had to be another character basically getting out of there and becoming good and trying to save others i just think it's something really interesting that we're finally going to be able to see done like followed through also um i just i'm so excited to see the different visual styles i i mean star wars has always been inspired by japanese culture in general and like samurai films and like of course like <laughs> Akira Kurosawa like it makes so much sense to be like hey Japan <laughs> it makes so much sense to be like hey Japan <laughs> want to make Star Wars because <laughs> that way it just brings it full circle and you get to see like without the filter just new stories and especially how they were given like full free reign to do whatever they wanted I do think, like, even though it's not canon, which kind of is like, oh, well, I know some people will dismiss it. I feel like it just gives them much more freedom and something much more authentic because they don't have to work within parameters to make everything fit. It's all standalone stories, kind of like alternate universes. And it just it's more interesting. Like, not everything has to be a single thing. Pe things can be their own thing. I just think, just think it's something that makes more variety you'd want these people to express themselves fully so i think it's going to be really interesting i mean we have like anthropomorphic characters we have like more like samurai traditional like we also have like the space opera like 
full on just going Carol and Tuesday in space, just bands playing music. We have more dramatic, more like romantic stuff. I know they would have one about like a couple and like it just gave me very like studio Ghibli, but like more dramatic vibes. <laughs> we have people who did worked Made in Abyss. That one seems like it's going to be super intense, like maybe cutesy and then get real, real fast. So I just think there's going to be a good variety amongst the I just hope they're of a good length because I just I hope it's not too short and just goes by because I'm so excited. Sorry, I'll shut up now. I know the length is what I'm worried about, too. I feel like they're going to be really short, which is kind of disappointing because, you know, anime tells such great stories, especially these studios, as we've seen before. Um, But to answer the question, is it canon? No, unfortunately, it's not. But I think that's good because they have free reign to do what they want. And I kind of wish Lucasfilm had done this from the beginning because I think they kind of tied their hands behind their back and limited themselves when they bought Star Wars and they killed everything that was Legends and said that everything here on out will be canonical. And I think that's a huge mistake. And it looks like they're going to start to wean away from that, which I think is good. And I'm really excited for this this series. And I hope it's not a limited thing. And I hope they continue to do more and bring in other studios as they continue. Just a comment, too, I, I, when you said Studio Ghibli, I really thought they were going to be a part of this right. because Kathleen Kennedy has produced movies by them in the past. So Disney and Ghibli are pretty good. Um, so, but, so maybe that's an option in the future. You know, Maybe they weren't available right now. We do know that they worked during quarantine to develop the series and make it. So it was made in one year, which is also why I think the series might be a little short. But we'll have to wait and see. We're going to talk more about Visions in our main topic so let's talk about the main topic today which is all about the dark side of star wars because it is apparent that they are finally taking a bigger focus on the dark side and the sith uh, dark side of the force and the sith in star wars which is great to see not so much at the forefront yet but it's getting a lot bigger in the books in the video games in the comics and all that kind of good stuff. So hopefully someday it'll bring onto the screen too. Because I think dark side lore is very important to Star Wars. What was that? Well, Acolyte is going to bring it to this. Was Acolyte confirmed to be a show or a movie after all? Yes, Acolyte is a show. So that's yeah, that's close, I guess. 2022 is when, I'm sorry, 2023 is when that'll come out. So we still got a long time yeah. for that one. But that should we've we've talked about that on the show a lot recently too, uh, which you guys know, you know. There's a lot coming out of that, a lot of um, good and a lot of negative reception, but <laughs> a lot of stuff is being worked on with that. They are starting production February of next year, so 2023 we should expect that series to come out. And if you want to hear more about the acolyte news, you can check out last week's episode of Haunt Talks first. But again, focusing on visions really quickly so one of the things that visions is going to give us for the dark side of the force as we just talked about is the twins episode and we're obviously going to get a closer look at the at a different kind of star wars bond like we just talked about obviously it's centered on a brother and sister that were born into the dark side of the force and one of them strays away goes to the light we assume and it's said in the description of this episode and he's trying to save his sister so maybe he's trying to bring her to the light. But this is kind of, as the creator of the show says, uh, Leech. Uh, I don't have a last name. But she says that this 
episode subverts the idea of Luke and Leia and imagines a brand new set of twins born into the dark side and how far the brother will go to save his sister. And this is even represented visually with a co-joined Star Destroyer. That sounds really cool, which we don't have a photo for. It wasn't in the special look. And <laughs> we, we have to wait. Uh, but it's just shows coming sooner than we thought. It's coming in September. So not too long. We'll get like a full on trailer, I assume, or a teaser. And again, this is done by the studio Trigger. They're doing two episodes, which tells me they had one either tons of ideas and they couldn't pick one to do, or they're just a really good studio that Lucasfilm wanted to work with. And they've worked on projects like Promare and Little Witch Academia, which I haven't seen, but Chris has. So she can talk about that. But really quickly about Visions, the Twins episode specifically, the dark side. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about with this episode that you didn't already? Um, well, I will say that, like, um, aside from the storyline, which we haven't seen that many details of, and we kind of just talked all about it, I think visually, Trigger's style and how it's developed is really strong. And their use of color specifically is going to lend itself super well to this. Because, I mean, we have this these shots that you have over here, like this one with like the division and the contrast between the blue and the pink. And here the blue and the red is just so stunning to look at. And they also did this part. I'm sure I it seems like Studio Trigger style slightly. Yes, that is Trigger. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that is not. It seems similar. Boba like- Fett is going to be in the... Tatooine Rhapsody Got episode. It. Okay, that makes uh, Boba Fett and Jabba the Hutt are in uh, Tatooine Rhapsody, so they're not by Trigger. Got it. Okay, that makes sense because like it did seem like a little bit like the. I just <laughs> I thought since you had them all together oh, that no. I'm like oh I guess it might be. These are just um, my favorites from the trailer. They're so I'm so excited, but yeah, um, Trigger they tend to go more for like very big explosions, big robots, big fights kind of thing. But they're also able to do like more subdued, more drama based, I guess, like anime, but like obviously still action. Cause we have like his neighbor and like that one's more like relationships between characters with supernatural ish, like tech, very like fiction elements to it. But I feel like with like darling in the Franks, uh, kill a kill. Like it's, it gives me very, those vibes, of course, Promare. And Little Witch Academia, I mean, it shows us, like, pretty much Harry Potter, but, it, like, much more fantastical and, like, going off the rails and also bringing it into, like, the present time. It's not that old-timey. I just feel like there's such a flexible studio. So for this to show also the dark side and straying from it and seeing that there's more in the world, I feel like it, they're the right fit of a studio for that, too. And let us know what you guys think about Visions in the comments below. Again, you know, what, what episode are you most looking forward to? I know I've had some comments from people saying they're not interested in Visions because they're not anime is not their thing, which is totally understandable. It wasn't my thing for the longest time until Chris showed me actual good anime because a lot of the time people showed me bad stuff. So I'm hoping the Star Wars stuff will be good. It looks like it will be. It looks like it's top tier visuals and art design. So can't wait for it. So the next bit of news here is about, or I'm sorry, about, Dark Side Star Wars is really exciting for some of you gamers out there. It's about the older public video game and specifically about a new MMO that is coming out titled Legacy of the Sith. So for those of you that don't know or haven't played the game, Star Wars Old Republic is turning 10 this year. So they're releasing a new expansion for it, a new MMO for the multiplayer game. And in this version, 
players get to hunt down the renegade known as Sith Darth Malgus on the aquatic planet of Manan. Now, Manan has a huge uh, reputation in the Old Republic, in Star Wars novels and legends and stuff like that. And, of course, Darth Malgus is just as equally important and very well-liked and well-known, especially in the KOTOR video game. So uh, I won't be able to play this because I don't have the Old Republic and I've never played it before, but it's exciting, especially with some of the artwork that we've seen come out of it. So this is the first official image that I could find of it. And uh, it looks it looks really good. It looks way advanced for what it was at, at when it came out 10 years ago. So it looks like this MMO will be really nice to play. And of course, focusing on the Sith, and more specifically, Darth Malgus. I mean, getting to hunt down this character, that's pretty cool. Now, here is a quote from one of the developers working on the game, and they have this to say. Legacy of the Sith will raise the level cap by 5 up to 80 and will also introduce a new flashpoint and operations for players to tackle together. In addition, players can expect some big improvements to day-to-day play style. The character customization, class design, and itemization is all being streamlined and improved. Ooh, character customization. Sorry. <laughs> that was so, not part of the quote. <laughs> Disclaimer. So it's uh, this is all, I think, good news for people who are fans of the game. I, I don't know. I wouldn't know. I'd never played the game before. Um, but... Uh, it seems like the developers are really excited about it and they're they can't wait for people to get their hands on this. So this comes out during the holiday season. And uh, again, I would love to know what you guys think about this. Again, we're going more into the Sith. Yes, the older public was heavily focused on it in the first place, but it's coincidental that this is coming out around the same exact time that we're getting a new book called Secrets of the Sith. So two Sith um, properties coming out. Also Visions, also the Acolyte. We're getting a lot more dark side stuff. And it's also rumored, of course, that Taika Waititi's movie will focus on that a little bit more than others have as well. So a lot of good stuff. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on the old public video game or this MMO or anything like that? Well, I don't have like the firsthand experience of playing it, but it sounds so interesting. I love the visuals in this. It, I mentioned to you that it kind of gave me the vibes of like that unused concept that they were going to do in uh, Rise of Skywalker. It just seems super interesting and it's cool to see kind of like learning about someone and some concepts of the Sith through hunting them down. So maybe you're not necessarily playing the same like team as them, but you're going more in depth because you need to be more knowledgeable you got to think like them to catch someone pretty much like very you have to put yourself in their footsteps and really get to understand maybe this person even might be tempted by it by being so invested like sometimes that might happen so it just seems like a really cool concept to explore so that's it for star wars the old republic coming later this holiday season so let us know your thoughts down below. And the last bit of, you know, of this topic today is, of course, uh, the, the main part, which I put the official artwork in the thumbnail for this podcast, and that is the Secrets of the Sith book. Um, it's a new book um, based on the Secrets of the Jedi, which came out last year, and it's told from the perspective of Emperor Palpatine. Now, if any of you remember last year, we got the book called Secrets of the Jedi. It was from Luke's perspective, and we got tons of different points of reference in Star Wars that we got to hear Luke's point of view on. Uh, I never read the book, but it reminds me a lot of the uh, certain point of view books like The Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, Return of the Jedi, where we get to see 
the point of view of those movies from so the secondary characters, such as Yoda and during the Swamp Planet, when he's spying on Luke before he engages with him, we got to hear his thoughts on what he was thinking in that very moment, which was something like, oh, my God, this boy, this is who I have to train. This kid looks like an imbecile. Why? Why is he here? You know, things like that. So I think another another book like that, but from the perspective of a dark side user is very important. And I can't wait for this either. I really want to read this book, even though I didn't read the first one. Now, this I can do both. Yeah. This book comes out on October 5th. So this year and on screen, if you're watching on the video form there, I'm putting up the official artwork from this book and it looks amazing. And the cover especially is really good. Now this is written by Mark Sumerak and it is illustrated by Sergio Gomez Silvian. Now they are the two creators who did the previous installments, the secrets of the Jedi. So this book is an exploration of, and it is an exploration and celebration of all things dark side, featuring Darth Sidious's thoughts and wisdom regarding force powers, Sith warriors, and more complete with gorgeous, fully painted artwork. Now, that is the official description from the StarWars.com, which you guys can see there. They also revealed uh, two uh, pages of it. So you can go and read some passages from the book before it comes out. And it looks really, really cool. And we also get to learn a little bit more about Palpatine. That, that's what the writer has stated. Now we finally get to see uh, what was going on in his head through the older public or it's through the uh, new Republic days and things like that and get his point of view on certain things. On screen, I'm putting up some pictures of the scans of some of the pages. And as you can see, the artwork is really cool and, of course, hand painted, which makes it even better. And on some of the pages, we see things such as the Aeon engine, which we saw in the uh, Darth Vader VR video game. So we get to see other things in Star Wars that we didn't wasn't canon before now being recognized officially. Now here's some excerpt from the book about specifically the Chosen One prophecy from Emperor Palpatine's point of view. And it says here, Anakin was believed by the Jedi to be a virgin, an entity surrounded by a rare contraception of force energy. They even convinced themselves that the child was the chosen one, described in an ancient prophecy. So certain they were that Anakin would bring balance of the Force, they failed to consider what they might, what that might truly mean. Obi Wan Kenobi's anguish cry in Revenge of the Sith epitomized the Jedi's belief about Anakin. "You were the chosen one," Obi Wan shouted at his former Padawan and defeated, and dismembering him on Mustafar. It was said that you would destroy the Sith, not join them, bring balance to the Force not leave it in darkness. But Palpatine believes that Anakin fulfilled the prophecy. He felt that Anakin balanced the force by leaving it in darkness. He had returned balance of the force indeed by drowning out the light and freeing the darkness. And that was written by Emperor Palpatine. So I think this is pretty cool. There's other excerpts from this book you can read. If you just go to starwars.com, you can find these, these passages. And it's just great to get his perspective because he's, he's one of my favorite characters from the prequels, especially. And to get his thoughts on things like the Chosen One prophecy and then, of course, on the Jedi Order. And we're getting his thoughts on the Sith Order, on the uh, opposing forces to the dark side other, other than the Jedi. And uh, about Vader, about the Aeon engine, about how he was trying to use it to bring Padme back to life. We're getting Palpatine's perspective on these things, which is something didn't even know i needed but <laughs> now i do so i'm very excited about this let me know what you guys think in the comments below 
Chris, what do you think about this book about Emperor Palpatine and about his, you know, maybe we'll figure out how he uh, was, you know, screwing around and had a little Ray baby. I don't know if I want to know that part. <laughs> I mean, I'm curious to see like who the hell or like, I'm just terrified that it's going to be something either disgusting or disturbing and not very legal so i don't know but everything else sounds pretty interesting you will make it legal <laughs> no <laughs> that's the thing like i don't know like so many things about the sith do make me uncomfy it is interesting like in in theory and concept like in fiction like this it's fine i just yeah i don't i don't know if i want to know everything but i am curious it's probably not a good, good explanation no it is a good explanation you know this it, it's I think the reason why it makes you uncomfortable and maybe a lot of other people too is because we don't know so much about them. We don't know much about Palpatine except for what we've read from the James Lucino novel, uh, Darth Plagueis, which is an amazing book. You guys should read it. And apparently, according to the new reports, the Acolyte will feature a young Darth Sidious or at least how he rose to power, which uh, makes me believe that hopefully we'll get Darth Plagueis too. I don't know if I believe the reports because the Acolyte takes place about 50 years before the Phantom Menace. I don't know how old that would make Palpatine, but he is a dark side user and uses the Force to stay alive. He is over 100 years old in Return of the Jedi, so we'll have to see what happens there. But overall, that's it for the show today. You know, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Disney, they're taking a centered approach to the dark side now, which is more than it has ever been before. Okay, guys, we have to go. Thank you so much for watching today. I'm sorry I didn't get to get to the chat today, but thank you guys so much for watching. We'll be back next Monday, and of course, the Loki After Show coming real soon. Thank you so much. And now somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the force be with you. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. <laughs>